Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well. It is Wednesday, December 8th. It is 10.30 a.m., and that means it is time for Bible study. That's right. It's time for Bible study. This is going to be our last Bible study of the year. Uh, We are going to uh, restart in January on Wednesdays at 10.30, but this is going to be the last time for the year. Today, Today, we are talking about grace. What is grace? What is grace and what does it do? So it's all about grace. We are all about grace today. And um, it, it's an important, important study. And it may be one that I've done in the past. I don't know. I've been doing these now for a couple of years and I don't remember everything I've done. But it's an important one to talk about. It's an important one to get right because to understand grace, to understand grace is to understand the gospel. It's to understand what Jesus was all about. And so today we understand grace on knowing that If we understand grace, we understand the gospel. We understand who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and what God is like. And so let's take a look, a deep look at what grace is. So first question, what is grace? Well, grace is a free gift. It is a free gift. Romans 6.23, Paul says, The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the Greek word for grace is charis. Charis, if you, it looks like charis, right? Charis, C-H-A-R-I-S is the English way to, to write it. Okay, the Greek word for gift is charisma, charisma, which means a totally free gift given. Now, as the Romans were using it, it is a total, totally free gift given to someone in the military. And, and it may be for a soldier's birthday, they would get a charisma, or if there was a, an accession to the throne, a new emperor, a new king, whatever, uh, they might hand out a financial gift, a bonus, you might say, to the soldiers. So, charis, this free gift of God, which is grace, is given to you as a free gift, almost like a birthday present. Almost like a birthday present, meaning that it is something that you get because you were born. The grace of God is something you get because you were born. It's not because you asked for it. It's not because you earned it. You haven't done anything to receive God's grace. You haven't asked for it. You haven't accepted it. You have, I, I, I choose to accept God's grace. No, God's given it to you anyway. God's given it to you. It's like, sorry, you've already gotten it, right? So that is, that is what is grace. So, so um, how much grace do we get? Is there a limit to God's grace? What do you think? Is there a limit to God's grace? John 1, verse 16. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. What what John is trying to say is that we are receiving an inexhaustible supply of grace. An inexhaustible supply of grace, which, which is in direct contradiction to the laws of the Old Testament and the continual need for sacrifice. Okay, so in the Old Testament, if you did bad things, right, you had to make sacrifice. You had to, you had to make a sacrifice to atone for your sins, right? You had to continue to make sacrifices. And, and, and so with this grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace, upon grace, right, the, there is enough grace to cover everything. And so it's, it's all you could need and then some. It's as much as you could need, and then some. So Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 through 14 says, 
But when God, when, when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since then, he has been waiting until his enemies would be made a footstool for his feet. Now, here, here's, here's what's important. Verse 14. Here's what's important. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Okay, two things here. Let's forget about verse 13. He's waiting until his enemies be made a footstool. We're not going to talk about that. Let's talk about verse 12. He sat at the right hand of God, right? Jesus offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. He sat at the right hand of God, which means basically he took his place upon the throne. He took his place on the throne. Grace is a free gift and it's given at your birthday. And when a king takes his place upon a throne, Christ takes his place on the throne at the right hand of God. Grace, a free gift. Okay. And for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Perfected for all time. Meaning that, meaning that it's done. You have enough grace. You have all the grace you need. You have all the grace you need. So, purgatory. Purgatory is a belief that there is a place between heaven and hell that you go and you wait and are purified over the course of time, right? You're purified over the course of time. It could be a thousand years. It could be a hundred thousand years, whatever. But it's God has given you enough grace so that you don't go to hell, right? But not enough so that you can skip purgatory, So this idea of purgatory is this in-between place, this place where you wait. You wait and you're purified. You wait, or as if you want to use the language from Hebrews today, you're perfected. In Hebrew, I'm sorry, in purgatory, you're perfected over the course of time. Well, that means that there's a limit to God's grace. That means God's grace has only gotten you this far. Now the next 2,000 years, uh, you're going to be perfected and then you'll be good enough to get in. Well, no, God's grace says you are perfected perfected for all time, perfected for all time. So you have everything you need. You have enough grace to get you right through, right? Do not pass go. Do not collect $200, right? Go right through, go right through. So um, there is no, uh, there's no limit to the supply of God's grace. Okay. So what is grace? How much grace do we get? And what does God give? What does God give us through grace? Okay, what does God give us through grace? This, this, is a, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. This is, to understand this is to understand all that Jesus was, all that Jesus said. I mean, it's to understand all about who God is and what God is doing. All right. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. Okay. We have been justified uh, justified through faith and gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So, grace, it gives us salvation. We are justified by faith in God, right? By grace, through faith. By grace, through through faith. So justification equals salvation. Because of God's grace, we go to heaven. All right. That's pretty much, I mean, I've said that probably a thousand times, but this is what I find is this next part. We also have peace with God through grace. We have 
Peace with God. Peace with God. Peace with God. Do you have peace with God? Maybe those words like come out of my mouth. And you're like, yeah, okay, it's good. But but when you really stop to think about it, do you, are you at peace with God? Life is full of struggles. Life is full of conflict. Life is full of, of difficult things. And it's the thoughts that we have and the guilt and the shame that we carry. Are you at peace with God? Are most people at peace with God? I have a friend who is not at peace with God, but believes in God, but believes that the decisions that he made over the course of his life have led to unhappiness today, right? He has made certain decisions. He has done things that he regrets. And because of those things, he believes that he can't, he can't find happiness today. He's not at peace with God because he's not at peace with himself. He's not at peace with his past. And he always feels like God is over his shoulder, making things go wrong, making his life miserable, right? It's the old, it's the scene from Forrest Gump with Lieutenant Dan, right? The Lieutenant Dan on the boat, yelling at God in the midst of a hurricane, trying to find peace. So many people aren't at peace with God. So many people think God is out to get them. So many people think that God is punishing them for the way that they've acted, for the things that they've done. God is waiting to smite them. But because of grace, we have peace with God. We, we do not have a God who punishes us. We do not have a God who is waiting to make our life and looking for opportunities to make our life miserable because of grace. It's such an important part that we just don't talk about enough. We are at peace with God because of grace. And then finally, we'll end with, because of grace, we have forgiveness. We have forgiveness, the forgiveness of our sins. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Everyone you meet, everyone who's ever lived throughout history, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Everybody, right? We think that that forgiveness means to pardon, like, you know, that uh, or show mercy, right? It's, it's a show of mercy, you know? You're guilty, but I'm going to let it go. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to pardon you this one time. I'm going to give you a warning. You ever get pulled over and get a warning, right? Like I got pulled over. I was speeding. I deserved a ticket, but cop gave me a warning. Grace. No, that's, that's not forgiveness. That's not, that's not what it is. Uh, The Greek word most often translated in the New Testament as forgiveness actually means something more like to send away, to let go, to keep no longer. Forgiveness doesn't mean that a wrong doesn't matter, right? Uh, Not at all. It means that we let go of the pain that the wrong caused. We let go of the suffering that we carry through the pain, uh, through through the brokenness and decisions of others. And so when Jesus, when the Bible talks about Jesus being the atoning sacrifice for our forgiveness, not just ours, but for the sins of the whole world, what that means is that God has said, I am going to let go of the pain, let go of the anger, let go of the hurt that all of your actions uh, has caused. I'm going to let go of it. 
And so forgiveness then is more about God saying, I'm going to let go of this because I don't want to carry this around. But it's through grace that God does. God says, I'm let it go. I'm going to let it go. But not just let it go. Not just let it go. Let it go and forget about it. Jeremiah 31, 34, I think the same verse that we used from last week. I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. I will remember their sins no more. Uh, Forgiveness is a gift that God gives, right? And when God forgives, God forgets. God says, I am going to let go. I'm going to forget. I'm going to forget that it happened. I'm going to forget the pain. I'm going to forget everything about it. I'm going to let go of that, of whatever it is that you did. No matter, no matter, no matter how bad it was, I'm going to let go. I'm going to, I'm going to just say, I no longer choose to remember that you did this. Instead, I'm going to see you the way I choose to see you, which as a beloved child. So grace, grace is pretty good. Grace is pretty good. Uh, it's a free gift. There's nothing we can do to earn it. We can't ask for it. It's already been given to us. Um, it's, uh, there's no end to it. There's an inexhaustible supply of grace. We have all the grace we would ever need and then some grace upon grace. And because we have grace, we have salvation. We get to go to heaven, right? We are at peace with God. God is not there to punish us. God is not waiting to make us miserable because of the decisions we made. And we have the forgiveness of sins, the promise of the forgiveness of sins, which means we don't need to hold on to our mistakes. We can let them go. We can let them go and trust that God has let them go as well. God has forgotten them. So we should learn from our mistakes, but we need, we can let go of all the shame and guilt associated with it. So thank God for grace. May we all be people who trust in God's grace, who believe in a God of grace, because that is what scripture says about who God is. And then let's go out and share that grace and show that grace with others. So uh, this will be the last study of the year. We'll come back in January. Thank you all for a wonderful year of studying scripture with me. And I hope you all have a wonderful uh Uh, holiday season, a very Merry Christmas. I hope that you all go to church and and that you have an incredible experience uh, worshiping God who comes to us in in the form of a baby uh, and then grows up and dies for us. So uh, have a wonderful, great day. Take good care of yourselves and we will see you next year.